Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction in what we hope will be a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of this podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. Let me give a special shout out to our producer, Elijah Merrill, and our assistant producer, Selden Boyce. Um, all that goes well with this podcast is because of them, I will take full responsibility for anything that doesn't. If you want to learn more about this podcast or anything Crosswinds, head on over to our website at crosswinds.church. Well, I have with me back in studio, um, Betty Ryan. Betty, great to have you here with us for this discussion. It's good to be here. And Ryan Samuels. Ryan, welcome back and uh, looking forward to to our conversation. Glad to be back. Well, we're going it, to, it's Good Friday uh, as this is airing. You may have, you may listen to this later, but if you're listening to it right when it's, it, it's posted for you to listen to, it's, it's Good Friday. And, um, and, and that word Good Friday is sort of an interesting word because, of course, it's a day where we remember Christ dying on the cross for our sins, which is good for us. But it might seem a little insensitive to say it's Good Friday as as Jesus goes through this time of suffering. But I found it really interesting. I sort of looked that up and realized that the term good there um, comes from an an old understanding of holy or sacred. Hmm. And so when we say Good Friday, if we were to say it sort of the way we would say it now, we would call it Holy Friday Friday or Sacred Friday. Um, To me, that makes a little more sense. I remember the first time I ever went to a Good Friday service, they went through what is known as the Stages of the Cross, which meant that there were like four or more different, like mini services that afternoon. And, And I was so taken back by by hearing about the the what Christ went through uh, on the cross and leading up to that I actually sat through all of them as a teenager I remember uh, some friends were going out to lunch after one of the services I said no I, I need to stay here I need to hear this I need to understand what's what 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 really occurred and um and and, and so when I think of uh, and I was sitting there thinking good Friday really good good Friday yeah good for me not. but when I when I finally and this is just recently really understood that it's really meaning Holy Friday or sacred Friday Man, that made a lot more sense. Uh, all four of the Gospels talk about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. You know, we find that in Matthew 27, Mark 15, uh, Luke 25, John 19. All these, all the, all the Gospel writers write about it because it is the, it's the crux uh, for humanity. You know, uh, the the first statement of of the coming Messiah, the Christ, the one who would who would redeem us is, is all the way back right after the fall in the garden in Genesis 3 where where we're told that you know that we would that Satan would bruise his heel meaning bruise Jesus's heel a descendant of um, uh, Eve and, and that her descendant would would basically crush his head, right? I mean, if you read it the way it's actually written uh, in the Hebrew, it's this understanding that that what will happen to Jesus is not mortal. You say, well, he died on the cross. Well, yeah, well, we're going to have an episode next week. We're talking about the resurrection. So, you know, so there, there's life there. Um, but what he does to the enemy, Satan is eternal in the sense that he conquers death. Sin no longer has power over those who receive Christ as Lord and Savior. And so there's a lot happening on the cross. Many of the words of Christ, of course, are prophetic from the Old Testament. He's pointing to himself even then. Uh, of course, there's there's two criminals on either side of him, and uh, they both start cursing at him and, you know, hey, if you're really the Son of God, do this, that, and the other thing. One of them has a moment 
where he looks to Christ and says to him, hey, when you enter your kingdom, don't forget me. It's it's a salvation moment for him mm-hmm. as Jesus says, you know, today you'll be with me in paradise. You know, that, that that he says to the other criminal, what are you doing? This is a holy person. And he, he sees Christ for who he is, which to me is fascinating. Mm-hmm. People say, can you have a deathbed? Profession, I go, well, I think so, because uh, this criminal on the cross was sort of on his deathbed, not a comfortable deathbed, but a, com- but a deathbed type of thing. I wouldn't wait till then, um, because I don't know if you'll make that decision if you wait, because the criminal saw it and he pleads. Uh, and so if, if you feel called to Christ, that's when you receive him. Putting him off because you want to do your own thing probably isn't a good strategy for, for uh, lifelong living with Jesus. Actually, it's not. Um, the other thing that happens that I'll just throw out there, then we'll have a conversation about sort of the topical, practical applications today of that historic event nearly 2,000 years ago. The, the temple uh, curtain is torn. And that, that's not like the curtain in your house. Like this is a huge, mm-hmm. heavy thing. I mean, it's basically a wall of fabric. And, and it tears... Um, which would separate us from what's known as the Holy of Holies because only a priest and only at certain times was able to sort of intercede on our behalf. And that curtain is torn, which was a way of, of saying, look, now you can have direct access to God mm-hmm. through Jesus Christ, who's God. So you can have direct access to God um, when you receive him as Lord and Savior. You don't have to go through anyone else. There's no intermediary. He is our intermediary. And so that's just a, this is amazing. There's other stuff that happens too, but we probably won't get into um, on that day, which which is quite extraordinary. I, I encourage you to read the accounts and and, and see. But but I want, I want to just, and I'll start with you, Ryan, on this. When we think of Good Friday, Holy mm-hmm. Friday, Sacred Friday, there's this whole week. You know, if you listen to last week's episode, we started with Palm Sunday Triumphal Entry. You know, Jesus is, of course, going to have the Last Supper of his disciples. Mm-hmm. He's going to be betrayed by Judas. He's actually going to be betrayed by all of his disciples yeah. who end up fleeing him. I will say Peter said, I'll defend you with my life. And he did cut off the, the ear of the, high, uh, of the high priest's servant. Way to go, Peter. Not really. Jesus rebukes him. But when I read it, I go, at least Peter was trying to do something, even though, like me, off in the wrong way. Um, he, he, uh, you know, there's all this stuff happening. But when, when, he's, when he's actually crucified, he's alone, right? He's being mm-hmm. taken. And, of course, you, you have a small crew of women and just one, one of his followers, uh, disciples, actually. They're all followers. But one of his uh, disciples actually there. The restaurant, we have no clue where they're at. Um, we know they're scared. Peter denies mm-hmm. him three times. All this stuff is happening. All to lead up to the fact that all that sin is taken care of on the cross. Mm-hmm. You know, and so 2,000 years later, Ryan, here's the question. It's so profound. So what? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, Good Friday, <clears throat> the only, okay, the only knowledge I had of Jesus before I became a Christian was Good Friday and his resurrection. That's it, which is a pretty good amount to have of him. I didn't know his birth story, really. I didn't really know anything else. So the so what of this man, I would say the most important part of the Christian faith is happening at this moment. This and then the resurrection three days later. Man, I can't help but get so like worked up and emotional about it because it was like the only thing that I had growing up with Jesus now knowing where I'm at now is when you when presented with Christ on the cross I always think about the prisoner that was up there and you you brought that up is 
yes, he waited to the last second, but he was also amongst a group of people who did not enjoy Jesus or but in a in a split second he got to ex- he experienced Jesus in a split second. Yeah, he goes from skeptic to saved. Mm-hmm. Yes, in a immediately. In a s- split moment. And so when we think of this so what moment, so many times I have questions or uh, conversations with people where they're like that just is so much work. Now granted about the Christian faith. About the Christian yeah. faith. Now granted this the guy the, this guy who's on the cross, he didn't have much work left in front of him. He was going to die. He knew he was going to die. But and you could say that well that was in in his in his rock bottom moment, so to speak, he he found Jesus. But I I he spent his entire life living to the point that wound that it wound him up on a cross. Yeah. And you say his lowest moment, and I think that's a powerful thing because those who – in my experience, right? So I've been a Christian for decades now. I, mean, I can't believe I'm saying that, but I have. And and when I see people who come to Christ at, quote-unquote, their lowest moment, they are so much more engaged mm-hmm. than those who – life was going great. They hear the story. Like they add Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like they add Jesus to their ca- to their calendar. Sometimes they add him to the you know priorities when they want. It. But those who have been come to Jesus are to the lowest of lows, like the mm-hmm. criminal on the cross. You know, th- there's no pride there. There's no he you know, for him. To for lose. him, he doesn't say Jesus, get me off this cross. Mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, I know you can get yourself off the cross. Get me off too. He just says, remember me. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of interesting because he doesn't pray. "Quote unquote," the salvation prayer. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even, you know, in a couple of episodes, we're going to talk about John. I mean, Romans ten nine. He doesn't like really confess in the words that we would yeah. want him to if he was going to be. He baptized doesn't bow in our his church. head and close his eyes. Yeah, and yeah, raise yeah, his hand. yeah, yeah. And he's not even like I think a baptism testimony. Some of the things that we want to yep. hear because it, it shows a real profession of faith. He doesn't say any of those things, but Christ knows his heart. And he 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 just says, "Remember me when you're in your kingdom." And Jesus says, "Well, you're going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have you have said enough." And 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 so because at that moment he knew his heart. Yeah, yeah. So and it so, takes us back to last so week's I, conversation. Yeah, and that I think about you know so much is that he didn't he didn't ask Jesus like you said, "Get me off of here." Yeah, he approached Jesus fully, saying, "Whatever you want done with me." Yeah, just remember me. I'm yours. Just remember me. Don't forget. Don't you know. Mm-hmm. It's just—it's just a—it's really powerful when we think about um, how we approach Christ, and you know, and how we approach that today, today, Good Friday, you know, this holy day, this sacred day, and think about what Christ did, and and you know, when I, I one of my favorite parts of the whole entire crucifixion story is okay. So I have a favorite part of that um, it is is the criminal on the cross mm-hmm. because of that very reason. It, it's counterintuitive, yep, um, of what's happening there, and, and in some ways counterintuitive in a sense in a way that we sort of guide people in the discipleship journey. I mean, he's mm-hmm. not going to have a discipleship journey. He, he's literally coming to Jesus in the most desperate of moments. And, mm-hmm. and when we, but he, like you said, like we talked about last week, he comes receiving Jesus for who he is. Mm-hmm. 
And so, Betty, when we think about that, you know, and and just a sacred Sunday, the sacred Friday, this this holy Friday, it's the end of Passion Week, or what some people call Holy Week, and all these things have taken place. And there's Christ, you know, dying for the sins of the world. Like I said, prophesied from the very beginning of the fall, you know, that, that God had a plan, you know, and, and so God has a plan. And, and he's dying for the sins of everyone. Um, the power of what he does is only received by those who receive him. You know, what, 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 do you, what do you take from that? You know, my first thought is, especially when you talk about the criminal on the cross, God knows exactly what he's doing. And so if you're going to have some trust, you look at these stories and you're reminded, right? You, you said it right from Genesis. He started with that. He knew the criminal would be there on the cross with him, by the way. You know, and he knew all those events that would take place. And so uh, to be able to put my trust in my God who knows these things is amazing. And, and then, you know, Ryan, you were talking about when you first were introduced to Christ or what you knew of him. And I remember as a young, as a younger adult, if you will, you know, uh, going to church in fear because I was afraid not to go to church. Wow. So if I did not go to church, then I would be smited or some sure. technical term, right? I sure. don't know what it was. But when I think about the cross, I think about um, that fear is gone mm. because there's no greater love. Yes. And so if I look at the love of Christ, that is love that he died on the cross for for me, for all who would accept him. I don't have to now live in fear of God. You know, it's not about that. So when you enter into a relationship with him, it is not about a life of drudgery and fear and am I going to do the right thing? Is it a, it's a life of love and grace and change and transformation and all of these all of these things. So to consider that, you know, there are movies out there about this event. I can't watch them. Huh. Because yeah. it's too powerful. Mm-hmm. Because I believe it to be real. Yes. Yeah. And when you believe it to be real, it just changes your life. It changes so much. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, it's one thing to, to you know um, look at Jesus and say, "Man, he was a great teacher." You know, I, I hear how people say those type of things. You know, you know, he's a great teacher. He was probably a prophet, or you know, he he would he loved people, no doubt about that. But you know, the reality of it is, although that would be a loving act, it doesn't have the true power. Mm-hmm. Then when we think about, you know, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, and, you know, I often say this, and you've heard it from other preachers and people too, put your own name in there. For God so loved Craig, for God so loved whatever your name is, that he sent his one only son, right? And so th- this is God. This is, this mm-hmm. is God dying on the cross, you know, for us. He's perfect, didn't have to do it. And so when we talk about the love of God, and I hear people say, you know, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't follow a God who... And I often, I don't want to be the smart aleck, but I want to say the God who came to earth, lived a perfect life, and literally was tortured and died on a cross for your sins. Mm-hmm. And humiliated. That, yeah, yeah. Is that the God you can't, you know, you know, and so, and I get it. I get it. We look at the world, we ask all these questions, but I think what happens is sometimes our problems, our troubles, or the troubles of others distract us from the, from the message of the cross, mm-hmm. which I've come to redeem this. Mm-hmm. And we come to Christ, and there's this, there's this, we're saved, right? Which means that He's transforming us. But we won't, we won't actually experience the the fullness of that salvation until we're with Him in eternity. Mm-hmm. And I think many a believer forgets that. We expect the fullness of our salvation. And what I mean by that is, when we're saved, we're saved. I don't mean it's a partial salvation. I'm talking about experientially, the idea of of having a peace that's uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen in paradise. 
you know, yep. when we're with him after after this life uh, for eternity. And, and so I think, you know, it's just so important. And to think of, again, I keep pointing out that criminal across, I didn't intend when we entered his podcast to look so much at him. But what a difference, right? He, he dies on the cross. Life is different for him. Mm-hmm. His eternity has changed. But it's interesting. His present suffering isn't. Yeah. We don't know how long he lasted. Yeah. The crucifixion was meant to last a while. As a matter of fact, Jesus dives early. Mm-hmm. Pilate actually says, I thought he was stronger than that mm-hmm. when they find out that he's dead. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And so what's he say? They, they say, we want to buy. Well, go and break their legs, right? So Jesus dies ahead to fulfill prophecy because they don't break a bone in his body. That's right. So we know that's why he does not because he was weak. He is strong, but it was fulfilled prophecy. But they wanted. They said, "Well, let's kill him because we want to kill him before the Sabbath, and let's get him off the cross. Let's do this quicker." So it, the intention he could have been hanging there until that happened. Yeah. Uh, so his present suffering was still there. And how ironic is that? They want to get him off and get his body down before Passover. Yeah. Before yes. This savior of their savior. Yes. And they're worried about um, timing. You know, as I was rereading the story, there was so much in there about timing that just was so ironic. Yeah. When you think about the Savior is there and they're worried about being near Gentiles and, you know, some of the things that they're worried the about. The sacrifices taking place in yep. the temple at the very same time that this is occurring. You know, there was an, another thought that I read. I think it was in John's Gospel, and I'd have to look it up. But um, at one point when the soldiers come to arrest him, they say, um, who are you? You know, And he says, I, I am, or I am Jesus, depending on what which translation you read, and, and they go right down to their knees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's a point when we will all bow. So that criminal, again, not that it was focused on the criminal today, but that criminal bowed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some didn't, but he did. And that's just really interesting to me. All will, but he did before. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, when Ryan, when we look at, just that idea of bowing, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's it's been said by by I don't even know who originally said it, but it's been said over the years that we're all an equal playing field before the cross, right? That mm-hmm. that you know, some people would say, well, my sin's greater than that person's sin, this, that, and the other thing, and you know, yeah, I I will give you the consequences of different sins have have different levels of of. Um, this temporal reality of how it affects others. Yes. Okay, so that's that's true. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we can't deny that. But sin is sin before God. You know, even a, any any finite sin against an infinite God has infinite consequences. And so we're on the same playing field before God. And we don't know exactly what this criminal did. Um, we don't know if he even did anything that deserved that, right? right? I mean, you know, if you believe in capital punishment, should he have? Done? We don't know. I mean, the Romans were brutal people. They they literally perfected crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and the only way they perfected it was by doing it over and over and over and figured out how long, how can we extend the suffering? I mean, this is a cruel, cruel people when it came to crucifixion. And and and, and if you weren't a Roman citizen, crucifixion was something that anyone could just they could just do it, right? I mean, there was no there was no uh, legal recourse for you if you weren't a Roman citizen. And, and so we don't know what he went. Went through, but 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 you have two criminals, right? They're on equal playing field, literally. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yet figuratively, for all of us, we're, we're all the criminal on the cross. We we all it says the wage of sin is death. We all deserve death, but the free gift of life is eternal life through Jesus Christ. One criminal got it, the other one didn't. And 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 the only difference I can see is is they come to Jesus, right? The one criminal comes to Jesus for who he is and, and understands it and understands he's not worthy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know he's not worthy. You know, and and 
Jesus didn't die on the cross because God counts us worthy. Mm-hmm. He dies on the cross because he counts us as loved. Mm-hmm. He didn't die for good people. Yes. Yeah, he died for people. Right. And we're all sinners, so where does that None leave of us, us are good. In right. fact, Isaiah will say, you know, as he's prophesying that that your your righteousness is like filthy rags mm-hmm. compared mm-hmm. To, to, to the righteousness of God, which is pure, un, un, unblemished. And, and so it's just an amazing, remarkable thing. And so Good Friday, yes, for us, but when I think of Good Friday, I think of, again, Holy Friday, Sacred Friday. And, and so as we're sort of... Uh, Wrapping up our time together on this Good Friday, you know, it's sort of a meditative moment. It's usually a somber service if you go to a mm-hmm. Good Friday service. Um, it's why I really do prefer uh, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday service, um, much more triumphant. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because we, you know, as we go through this week in our different services, some some churches will have a Wednesday night service, some will have a Maldi Thursday, a Thursday night service, all these different services throughout the week. You know, they're meant to to sort of be somber and somber and somber than resurrection. You're building up to this this triumphant moment in, in the life of of Christ and every believer, um, which is spectacular. But as we look at this Good Friday, this Sacred Friday, this Holy Friday, you know, um, Betty, I'll start with you. You know, what would be your I say a meditative moment, and that sounds so, I don't know, whatever. But what I mean is, what would you have people ponder on as they're hearing this? You know, And if it's not Good Friday, um, take a moment and still ponder what Christ did for us. But what would you challenge them to sort of set their mind on on this, on this holy day? You know, I, I think about a sermon we heard recently um, about being created in the image of God and the masterpiece. Mm. You know, so those masterpieces that he created were the ones who had him on the cross. And yet in his last breath, he forgave. And in his last breath, he told, not in his very last breath, in one of his last yeah. breaths, right? He told the, the Which, criminal. Which, by the way, were precious breaths. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. He told the criminal that he would be with him. And he told his his mother, you know, he took care of her. He cared so much for other people that, it, again, I have to go back to the love because I can't not. And his character, the, the character of God is, it can't, be, it can't be changed. So this had to happen so that we could be saved because um, we, we put ourselves there, if you will, right? The sin. And um, so he died for us. And he died for you. That's what I would say to the individual. He died for you. That's good. Ryan? We talked a lot about the criminal. We talked a lot about that. And and Betty, you kind of hit on a little bit of what I was going to say. But, you know, the crucifixion was meant... You, we, we stated a lot was to meant, was meant to last a long time. And it was supposed to end via, I believe, suffocation. Like yes. you can't breathe anymore. Yeah, you can't pull yourself up anymore. Yeah, so you're you're physically being crushed, and so by gravity, and you you said it is that whether you are in a spot where you think you've done so much bad stuff that God, there's no way that you can enter into church or a relationship with God because of what you've done. I will say. Well, somebody in their final moments had nothing else to live for, had already done everything in their life that they could have done to, I guess, lead up to the cross. We don't know what it was, or lead up to the a crucifixion. They're there. They've been sentenced to death. And in that moment, they experienced God in a new way, Jesus in a new way in their final moments. But then also to those 
in, in that breath is, you said it, Betty, is that in his final breaths, he knew there's no possible chance I'm getting out of this because he knew why he was there. Depending on what translation you read, we, we experience the moment that Jesus is feeling all of the sins of the, all of humanity on him when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's experiencing all of that. He's experiencing what we, what sin does to our relationship with God, which is to separate us from him. And so in those final moments of him hanging up there, and you said it, Betty, that he doesn't have a lot of breaths left. And so maybe why he died early is obviously you can't break a bone in his body, but he was still loving at that final moment, those last few breaths, he's like, how can I, how can I do what I'm here to do right now? And so whether you find yourself in, in your rock bottom moment or you think that you can't even get to that point because you are so far gone, you might think, or, or to those who are just observating, of just watching and viewing in that crowd, so to speak, hint, hint, go watch last week's episode, is that no matter where you're at, whether you're at that rock bottom or whether you have nothing else to live for, you think, is that he will spend his final breaths to meet you there. Mm. His final breaths, he will do that. Yeah, I'll piggyback on that. I, you know, as I give my final word, I, I would just say that we all have a death sentence placed upon our lives. You know, that, uh, that the scripture is very clear for the wage of sin is death. And you know, we may not, some may not experience it for 80 some years. Some of them may experience it much quicker than that. Um, it, it, it doesn't matter. Um, any finite sin against an infinite God has, has infinite consequences. And, and so, you know, people will sort of downplay sin, and yet the reality of it is um, all the issues of the world uh, come because of sin. It's not because of God. His plan, his plan in, in the garden was much different than what Adam and Eve chose when they when they decided to sort of become their own God for the moment. And, and for us, we, we live under the death sentence that they, li- that they brought upon themselves and all of humanity. And, and by the way, if it weren't them, it would have been me. You know, I mean, at some point mm-hmm. I would have mm-hmm. chose me over God too, and we've all yes. done that. Um, the good news is not, that's the bad news. Bad news, we all are under death sentence. The good news is, is that Jesus already paid that price. And, and the reality of it is it's not an automatic covering. In the sense that you know he died for sin once and for all, but for us to experience that that salvation, that redemption, um, we need to come and receive him as Savior and Lord. Mm-hmm. And you can do that even now. You mm-hmm. know, if you're driving down the road, keep your eyes open. But uh, but you know, you can do that even now, wherever you're at. Say, Lord Jesus, you know, come into my life. Like you want to, you want to make this sacred Friday, this this holy Friday, this good Friday, really good. Um, if you're not if you're not walking with Jesus, and, or if you have, and you're sort of just sort of glad that relationship to, to sort of go uh, stagnant for a while, just recommit yourself. Say, Lord, you know, man, thank you for what you've done, you know, mm-hmm. and thank you for dying for my sins, being resurrected for, resurrected for my salvation. You are Savior and Lord of my life, and uh, you know, my goodness, there's no better way to honor what Christ did than to fall into the intent for which He did it, mm-hmm. which is to redeem you, to show love to you, to care for you. Hmm. And so thank you for joining us. Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking about the resurrection, uh, a little different tempo of conversation as we talk about uh, the conquering of of death uh, by Jesus Christ and what that means for us as believers. Um, Join us next week 
But also remember, you know, check out crosswinds.church. You can find all things about this website and, of course, Crosswinds Church by going there. But as always for now, be blessed and bless others. <music>